We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. All right, welcome to the Light Years Podcast. So this week on the Blue Wire Network... Abner Mares, Sam, is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by a blue less, hopefully I'm saying that right, and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. So on Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. Uh, so he talks about the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, uh, his American dream, husband and girl dad. So, so it's all it's all amazing. So listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English out on Tuesday and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesday. I'm excited. What are we excited about? We, what are we, excited about? we are recording this Sunday, October 18th, released Monday morning, October 19th, 29 days from the NBA draft. We just watched the 49ers beat the Rams, salvaging their season. They're kind of back into it. We officially have a World Series. I know most listeners on this podcast don't like the Dodgers, but that was a hell of a game seven. And we've, we've entered, you know, this just brings back nostalgic memories of draft misdirection season right now, 29 days to the NBA draft. Um, I'm sure between 
this posting and when you're listening to it, there's been another leak about the Warriors liking a different player. You know, that's the type of that's that's where we're at in the season. Since since the last time we've talked, by the way, on our Light Years Premium podcast, we went pretty deep on uh, on uh, Devin Vassell um, and that jump shot or whatever the, whatever the hell happened to his jump shot last week. But since that the podcast, cannonball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the catapult cannonball, the. Uh, they, I saw an article that said the Warriors, if they don't trade back, are for sure, Sam, 100% going to take James Wiseman. So, you know, we haven't heard about James Wiseman in a couple months uh, from the leaks. So that, that's what we're hearing nowadays. So, you know, we're back to Wiseman. Changes every month. It's, it's Wiseman week again. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, saw the biceps and said it's Wiseman week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kurt and Kent saw the, uh, the shirtless photos. Like, that's the guy. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, what I was going to say is, um, you know, I, I, I keep thinking about what a uh, friend of the show, Sam Vecini said, which was um, the Warriors have been leaking more than any team. And his, his theory, which I would agree with, is they're trying to throw everyone off the scent of what they want to do. I think what they want to do is probably trade down. Like there's probably someone they like, yes. but they don't want to take them at number two because – if you're drafting one, two, or three, you have to take uh, – and you don't have to, but you got to take Lamelo, Edwards, or, or Wiseman, right? Like one of those three. Yeah. And if you kind of – you know, if you feel like Dem Vassell, Patrick Williams, Denny Adia, one of these guys are better, why would you not try to get the extra asset? Particularly when we know the Warriors eventually want to try to package for a star player. Um, it's all misdirection, and – I kind of have to give him a little credit because while it was a little annoying early on, I've officially reached a point where it's like, I don't know, man, you talk to a lot of people around the world. You talk to a lot of different things. It's like, I don't know which way they're leaning other than they want to trade the pick for Giannis. (laughs) Yeah. Right, which is like, I mean, an idiot could, an idiot is going to want that. That's not some deep research. The wheeling and dealing will be interesting. I think that the Warriors can do in this draft. Um, I think will be fascinating to see. I guess we haven't talked about it too much, but you know how you know how like Bill Belichick, Sam, when he gets a uh, he trades a pick or he trades up or he trades back, he he'll, he'll trade it like twice and he'll right. get a few picks. You kind of can't do that in the NBA, so I'm not necessarily saying that. But the movement that he does to accumulate draft picks in value, I think, is something that the Warriors could do. Like, I don't see it being a problem if the Warriors want to trade back from two to eight and then from eight to like 17. Um, uh, the double, the double trade back. Yeah. Yeah. May, maybe. Yeah. I don't know when the last time anyone has done that probably should know, but like if you get multiple picks from that, I don't know who wants the eighth pick. Right. But it is, that would be, that would tell me the front office, like they're, they're like, these guys are sharp guys. Cause I don't think the Warriors care if they have the eighth pick or the 15th pick. I, I don't. And so if you can get value out of those picks, like that's that'd be pretty cool to put that in a package for Giannis or whomever else, right? Even a Bradley Beal. So for me, I, I view when people say it's a weak draft, what they're saying is there's uncertainty. Like there's no Anthony Davis or Zion at the top of the draft. Like you get Zion number one, you know you have certainty. You know he's gonna at worst be an all-star, right? Um when it's a when it's a bad draft. That means in five years, we're going to see like 
the guy who goes 15th overall, Kawhi Leonard or Giannis, be the best player, and everyone's going to be like, how did no one see that coming? Well, because they developed late, right? So from from a Warrior perspective, they still need to nail the pick, but it might be a situation where um, every player in this draft, pick one through 15, is like the eighth man for them. Like it doesn't yep. matter. It could be Anthony Edwards or it could be Patrick Williams or yep, it could I be agree. um Sadiq Bay. And yep. none of them are gonna stand out next year to a point where you're like, we gotta change Clay Thompson's position or yep. like something like yep. that. So like all that matters is you have to know who's gonna be the best one in two to three years. And then you're just trying to acquire as many assets in the process as possible. Because as we've seen, um, whenever that good player comes up in trade talks, you just need as many picks as possible throughout them. You know, like we, we kind of make fun of Boston for never pulling the trigger, but like, even like the, the, the Clippers. Okay. The, the Paul George thing didn't work out amazingly well the first year, but they wouldn't have been in position to do it if they didn't accumulate the Heat's picks, the Grizzlies' picks. Like, everyone talks about all the picks they traded. They only traded, like, two of their own picks or three of their own. You know, like, they're trading a lot of stuff they accumulated from other teams. And that's kind of how I look at it with the Warriors. Like, get these picks. Like, you don't need to draft 13 players in three years. At a certain point, they're just, like, redundant throw-ins to get the player you want. Um, that might that might be something the Warriors want to look at. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw Daryl Morey. He stepped down. I think we hadn't recorded since then, uh, or maybe we had. Either way, and and they and so I think a report came out too that hey, like he didn't want to trade Chris Paul, right? That that was something that Fertitta and James Harden pretty much said he had to do. His two bosses. Think, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's. I think that's something that Bob Myers is gonna 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 have to work through. Is what's Joe Lacob's what's his direction? What's, what's he want to do? Because Bob Myers could have, you know, two, three things that he wants to do. But if Joe Lacob says, Hey, you have to trade Wiggins because we got to get off money. The hell is Myers supposed to do right? Sam, like he can do as much stuff. He can have stuff lined up as much as he wants, but if they don't want to pay guys, what can you do? And I, that might be a problem with the Warriors too. So it's like double, double, double. Or it could go the other way. Let's say Joe Lacob's telling him, I, you need to get another star. You need to get the next guy. You need to get, you know, Steph's 32, Clay's 30 off an ACL. Um, we need the next guy to build with them as those guys move to the older phases of their career. Yep. And if I'm Bob Myers, I'm looking at that and I'm saying to acquire, I mean, obviously, we, you know, Giannis seems to be the next name up, but let's assume it's not him. Let's assume it's... Yeah, let's say it's Vic. Let's say it's Oladipo or Beal, right? Like, I don't know if i trade those next two first for that. Like, I don't... Sure. Like, or, don't let's say, or let's say it's a year away. Bead or yeah. someone like yeah. that. All those things, if I'm Bob Myers, I'm looking at it from this standpoint where it's like, to acquire those guys, I got to make a lot of in-between moves to get draft picks too. So, it's... Um, I feel like the Warriors are... Whatever they do at the draft is going to be an in-between move to the next move. Like there, there, there's no, it's highly unlikely. There's one, one move to get them to the next level. Right. Well, you know, the D'Lo move, I guess you could say was, was the, in-between, in-between, was the yeah, first, yeah, exactly, the first yeah, exactly. in-between move. And then, 
And then, or I guess maybe they liked him and they thought they could bring him in. But either way, it ended up being an in-between move. Sure. Then they got Wiggins who... But they got that pick that's like, I mean, they're going to talk it up. But until Minnesota shows the world they're good, that pick's going to be a very attractive trade asset. I still think it's the right move to get Wiggins in that pick. I still do. I still would think it's the right move to get D'Angelo Russell and not keep Andre Godala and run it back as much as Steve Kerr wanted to happen. Like I think the Warriors and as did much well as there. like we like Godala. It's yeah. one's twenty three and one was thirty five. It's, it's, I mean, Godala looked pretty not washed, but I mean he's not. He's like, always going. Like, he's always he finishing a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is he finishing a game next season for the, like if he's on the Warriors? Maybe, but I don't like. I don't know. So yeah, I think they made the right moves. But now it's like now it's high stakes though. Because now it's you actually have to do something with that stuff. There, it's been a year plus, Sam, of sitting around and and talking up Wiggins and talking up the core four and talking up Minnesota's pick. But when it comes to what are we thirty? Did you say twenty eight days, thirty days, whatever the hell number we're at now? Thirty, actually twenty nine. Uh, the day this is released, twenty nine days. Yeah. So you know, like it's it's coming, man. It's coming, and they need to figure out what the hell they're going to do. And I don't think they know what you're gonna, they're going to do either, because it depends on who wants to trade the pick, who wants to trade up. Do the next can, the Knicks can just go to one, right? They don't have to go to the Warriors. So you know, who else wants Lamelo? Because I because I think Lamelo is that guy that people want. I don't think people are trading up for Wiseman or or Edwards. It does seem like that's the guy. If the Warriors trade the pick, people are like, all right, we want Lamelo Ball. One one last Lamelo thing, and we we went into this for an hour on premium last week. So, you know, it is <laughs> what it is. But uh, um, LaMelo did say on Friday, Thursday or Friday that he'd only Zoomed with two teams, Warriors and the Knicks. Um, the only thing I'm get- gaining from that is, and it matches everything you and I have heard, which is the Warriors have been doing their homework. They've been floating a lot of noise out there, but behind the scenes – they knew they were going to have a top pick basically from the moment Steph broke his hand, which at this point is almost a year ago. Like he broke his hand October 30th. We're putting this out on October 19th of the following year. This is how long the draft season has been. Like I feel like other fans of other teams are like, you guys deserve this, but, uh, but it really is like the longest possible off season ever. Cause like at this point, in a normal year, the Warriors would be in training camp a week away from starting the next season. Like usually the season kicks off around the 20th. So they would have made their pick four months ago. We would have seen them in summer league, um, you know, setting screens for smiley each. And uh, we would summer league would have been great, by the way, summer league would have been amazing. It like, like, can you imagine like James Wiseman or Patrick Williams is like the first warriors, like top draft pick. And then you get to watch him. You get to watch smiley who, no, I get the slander. We're going to get to the double by the way, in about like five seconds here, but like, it would have been fun to see smiley in summer league. Like it, it was fun to watch him in the regular season. Look, I, I know the smiley Sander is fun, but it still would have been cool to watch him. Uh, didn't look great, but you know, someone like him, Jordan Poole, like, Second year Jordan Poole would have been would have been fun to watch. He looks like he, you know what? Why don't we just get in the double? Because that was my yeah. first take, Sam. It, it was my first take watching that. You know, six minute highlight video was that. I think with Jordan Poole, he was so bad last season, but he also got to play so many high level NBA teams that I think like it can only help. And and I I don't want to throw away the first season, but I think it's going to give him a lot more confidence than say last season if the Warriors were healthy and he played five minutes a game. So there's good and bad that comes to it. He didn't look good, 
But the good part is, I think he he's messed up so much that he's also gotten a lot better just because of the mistakes that he made. So there's my Jordan Poole standing for, for 30 seconds. But I think well, that helps well, more than if he was backing up Clay. Let's back this up, okay? Um, so the Warriors social media team released highlight video of the double <laughs> scrimmage. Um, you know, when we heard about the minicamp thing, I got all excited about, like, Steph playing with Clay and Wiggins and, like, you know, it was going to be like our first vision or first look into what they could look like. Didn't turn into that. Turned into uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson guarding uh, uh, Jordan Poole. And nothing wrong yeah. with that. Like, those players are, you know, big ups to them for, for getting their careers going and everything. But, like, watching the highlight reel, my my big take was uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this. One, is Looney hitting threes now? God, so Looney. Are you buying? Are you buying? Are you buying no. the Looney, the Looney three point shot? The Kavon, uh, Kavon Looney, the third Splash Brother. The uh, <laughs> I, I'm not buying it only because when you're a player in the NBA for that long, I think, and he's young, but he's been in the NBA for a long time. To me, it's either you've shown the ability to do that consistently, or you haven't, and he's never shown that ability. And I don't think they're all of a sudden going to say, "Hey, Loon, shoot four threes a game." Right, so I don't think that's going to happen. I think if he was able to shoot, he would have shot it more. Um, and I think if you're relying on him to make the three, you've already failed. So I don't know if I buy it, Sam, but it doesn't look that bad. Like the shot's fine, and he was making it in college. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I buy it. I buy the health. Like that would be nice if he was healthy. That's all I'm asking for. I don't need anything more from Looney than what he's shown in his career so far, which is the ability to play defense, some decent passing you know, solid enough finishing, can finish games at the five. Like, that's all I'm asking for. I don't want anything else from him. I don't need any, you know, dribble drives, you know, threes. Maybe hit a 15-foot jump shot. Maybe maybe he learned the David West mid-range. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I need Looney to be able to hit some shots. Uh, you want more. Some, You're asking one, for okay. more. No, no, no. Okay. Let me put it this way. Lo- I, if Looney's healthy alone, he's a good – he's a guy you can count on in your eight-man playoff rotation at any level. He's proven he can play in the finals without Kevin Durant. Like, we we already saw that. We know right. we can count on him in that capacity if he's healthy. Um, I've always felt like Looney had a little more game. Like, I know Warrior fans love to talk up Looney just because, like, he's got such an unassuming per- – he's like a likable dude, right? Um but I always felt like he had a little more game than he showed during the uh, the dynasty years there because, like, well, of course he's not going to take shots away from Steph and KD, like, and Clay also, right? I always thought he had a little more capability there, and I'd love to see him have a shot to show it. Like, now, now am, I, am I saying he's going to average 20? No. But, like, I'd be happy if he hit a couple jumpers to go with everything, maybe give you 10 points a game, something like that. There, there is, there is a space for him to do that, especially when he's playing with the starters. Because let's say he's playing with the core four, <laughs> and, and and himself, right? There, there is going to be room where guys double step, they should run out at Clay. There's a short, you know, pick and roll. He bounces it to Draymond. Draymond either, you know, gets it to Looney for the dunk, or sometimes Looney's going to be out in the mid range, or he's going to be out in the three, and he's going to have a shot to shoot that. What's the worst thing that can happen is you can do the Andre Godala. Or he holds it, he holds it, and he tries right. to pass it back to Clay. Right? That's we just want the threat there to make that shot, or just make it. You know, forget the threat. Like Maurice Space and, would just and, make it. Yeah, and, the, and and that's the other thing. It, you you want him to be able to play next to um, 
Uh, next to Draymond. Draymond's not going to be the guy who scores a ton. Uh, so Looney, or like on some level, the two of them both need to be able to hit enough shots to keep defenses honest, right? Like I'm not asking either. Looney more. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not asking either of them to be 30 point per game scores or something like that. I'm asking them both to hit a couple shots each, just to yeah. just to to be a release valve for Stephen Clay, which Draymond used to be able to do. And I think you're right. Like the expectation shouldn't be that he can't hit anything or he's been doing. Maybe it should just just make. Average, I think, what would be your expectation out, you know, decent shooting percentages, but like nine points, then 10 points from Looney on like maybe 28 minutes would be nice, 25 minutes. Right. Like maybe that's asking for a lot. Maybe that's asking for a lot. But yeah, maybe, maybe take, the, take the minutes down and but go from there. Because like, I just don't <laughs> want to put the pressure of, you know, 30, whatever on him. So, right. Other than that. Now, now we move. Hold up. Now we move. Now we move to your boy. There was a play where Smiley Geach gets the ball. He takes, hey, Sam, look, he takes a dribble, a little bit of a dribble drive action, kicks it out to Looney for the three, which we've talked about. What did you think of Smiley Geach? What did you think uh, of his uh, running style, which it looks like he doesn't know where he's running half the time? Um, didn't shoot many threes. Didn't seem like he shot anything. Also, you know, I will say this. In G League, which I unfortunately watched more than a few Smiley Geach games, they did feature him. When he's playing in this Warriors offense, he's literally just setting a screen, rolling to the rim, and that's it. So I don't know how much you can glean from that, but I'm sure you have some takes. I'm sure you do. I mean, I'm in a good mood. I don't know that I want to talk about Smiley Geach right now. I just, all I saw from the double highlights was he's not going to contribute next year. Like Steve Kerr politely has said on interviews, like, oh, I think he could be like offensive stretch five. Which is like, for Steve Kerr, that's like the lowest of low compliments. He's basically saying, I don't think I can ever play him in any relevant minutes because he'll never be able to defend. And I just, I, but I do think he can hit some shots. So I can kind of patchwork him in there for spurts at a time when I need offense. And nothing I saw suggests he's even closer. I don't know. Every time I watch him, I just see a dude who's too small, too slow, has no instincts. That is a decent touch. Decent decent touch, though. He he is too small. That's the problem because the first thing I noticed was that they're playing him next to Looney. Which, if you're going to be a face-up small ball scoring five, you better be able to score. Even Enos Cantor could drop twenty-five, right? And with Smiley, it's it's you're too small to defend at the five unless you're Draymond Green, and you you're 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 not scoring. I I think small ball five. I do think part of him playing there was more like the bodies they had, but like. I've seen Smiley live. You've seen Smiley live. Is he closer to six nine or six <laughs> eleven? Right, right. It's it's six and, nine. He's not. Right. Um, he's not a big like. I, I mean, okay, Myers Leonard is like unexciting, but like he's at least seven feet tall with a shooting stroke, right? Um, this dude's this dude's closer to six nine. He, he he's not particularly athletic either. That's the thing. He doesn't move his feet well. He does hustle, but. That's about it. He does Hudson. Yeah, congrats, Mark Madsen. Um, you, you know, you, <laughs> if it's not that, if it's not that, then you better be like a like a like a like a face up dribble drive. Like you can drive and you can score. Like that's the other thing that if you, if he excels at that, if he shows an ability, take two three dribbles, have like a fun like post up game, kind of like a taller version of Eric Pascal, where Pascal is too small, but dude, he is driving by guys and he's finishing at the rim, right? Like that type of stuff. Like that'd be fun. 
uh, which by the way, they showed like an Eric Pasco video and we're in the light years premium discord. And I was trying to get video that it looks like they took it down. Um, I thought it looked fine, but I guess they they're really like keeping that hush hush, right? It's like a it's like a North Pascal jump shot. It's like the secret yeah. weapon. They don't want everyone like, to see next year. Like it's yeah. like it's like that? the Steph workouts. Like you see like a little clip. It's like I oh, don't you don't want to see it. <laughs> you know, it's like um you remember when the Harbaugh they they went in and snuck a visit to see Peyton Manning? You know, like way oh, back. Yeah. When, yeah. <laughs> it's like well, that's Peyton Manning. That. <laughs> it's Peyton Manning. You know, that's worth it. The, the Warriors seem like they're doing that with. With 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 you know these highlights and and that jump shot, but that's all we got and and you know we haven't heard too much about like with with Smiley. It's like if you don't have the standard like best shape of his life uh, compliment or or he's come back with like an entirely new uh, new game and stuff like that. It's it's uh, like it it's probably not like you said. It's it's not great praise. The, by the, the way, Smiley comments are always he's so enthusiastic like. It's not, it's, it's, it's like Sam, when you're going out with someone, guy or girl, and it's like, Hey, so what do they look like? Oh no, no, no. Don't worry about that. You've got great personality. <laughs> you, know, got a, you knew I was going there. I saw you laughing before I even finished the analogy. So I was, got a I was trying to determine how problematic it would be if I needed to edit it out. And, and you came in, you came in at the right level of just appropriateness. I, I, yeah, I applaud dude. it. Um, <laughs> no, I, was gonna say, I guess, I guess let's, let's hit on Jordan pool real quick. Yeah. Because he's been the other player who's been pretty hyped up for how hard he's worked. Um, obviously, Fitz and, uh, you know, the, the team have been just – they love to talk about how good he played when he played point guard last year. Yeah. Um, he did play better. He did look better. But, like, there's a big difference between playing competent point guard on a team that had the worst record in the NBA and being objectively mm-hmm. a backup point guard on a team who has title aspirations, which the Warriors hope to. Yeah. Um, do you think he can get to a level where he can play 15 minutes a game off the bench behind staff? Classic against, end of the season against good, against good teams. Right. Like classic end of the season, like a guy plays well, right? Like that type right, of stuff right. where it's like across every sport, like NBA, NFL, like you'll have like the Niners went six and MLB call year. up. You, you, there's a minor yeah. leaguer you think's going to be a stud. And then you see him next year strike out over and over right. again. Yeah. I did. From the few minutes I saw, I, Jordan Poole doesn't seem like the smartest player. Like there are times where I'm like, he's pump faked, then he's driving to the hole. And it's like, dude, you're like six two. All right, like maybe six three, and you're like no wingspan. You can't finish. Like, why are you going to the rim, right? Hey, he's, he's uh, just a six four. I give him six four. <laughs> okay, we'll give him that. It's like just take the pump fake and shoot the three. Three does look nice. Like he is a shooter. Um, the ball handling is still there. Uh, do I think he's going to be able to play 15 minutes against like the Toronto Raptors? Probably not. But I think they'll bring someone in to kind of take those minutes. I was encouraged though. Like I like Jordan Poole. Do you? Did you realize this, Sam? Also that. Warriors Twitter loves Jordan Poole. Like they love him. I kind of like Jordan. I, I mean, I, cool. I get it because he's right? um, he's a fun player. Like, okay, so the thing with Jordan Poole that surprised me is like he he does have he has the ball handling ability to be a to be a point guard. I'm not sure he has the playmaking ability. You know what I'm saying? Like he's. I'm not worried about him not being able to dribble the ball under pressure. I'm worried about him making the reads and being able to make, you know, decipher between shooting and passing and doing it at the speed you need to do um, at that level. So um, not that that's the greatest glowing endorsement or anything, but I do think he has the skill set to be a point guard. And um, I'll give Steve Kerr this. 
they brought him in to be a shooting guard. They brought him in because they wanted another shooter. They, they were aware of the fact that, you know, it's like it's Steph Clay and like 10 dudes who just pass it in a circle yep, trying to yep. find Steph and Clay. And uh, he's not a player who's afraid to shoot the ball in college and anything. So like it made sense, but like in, in classic Steve Kerr fashion, somehow his shot gets worse, but his passing gets better. So. Well, I will say, yeah, I will say this though, like to my earlier point, you know, the Spurs bring guys in and they leave them in the G League for a year or two, right? Like, we didn't hear from Derek White. We didn't hear from Lonnie Walker. Um, like, some of these guys that uh, – who's the other guy? Who's, who's the th- – there's another guy that they have. Um, he's a shooter. I, the name escapes me. Um, and another guard. Who, who isn't bad? And they Not bring him in. Forbes. Bryn Forbes. Thank you. You got me. You got me. But <laughs> these guys aren't coming in the first year. And, and they're not – they don't look great, right? It's not like they're great players, but they're really right. good role players. They're really good regular season role players. And that's all we want from Jordan Poole. So that's why I'm saying it's like maybe don't throw the first season away, but I think there's enough there to say, you know, maybe he can be a Britton Forbes. Maybe he can be that guy still young, you know, some seasoning, and he's flashed enough um, that he can get there. So I, I'm still in on, on Jordan Poole. Not still in. I'm more in on Jordan Poole. We're both out on Smiley. And uh, and Looney, well, just just stay healthy. So, shout out Looney. Yeah. All right. We'll get we'll get to some questions here. Before that, let's uh, let's do, th- do some quick reads. Bet online. You guys know this one. You guys know betonline.ag. Football is back. We are in the World Series. Uh, college football. You can put on UFC next week. Habib is fighting Sam. Uh, so you can bet on all of that. So you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I know Sheed's on it all the time. Bet Online is going the, and I don't know why he's always betting on the A's. It doesn't work out for him. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Uh, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins. Division and championship futures all day, every day. You can bet on the race. And I think they're going to be big underdogs. I head to bet online today. Uh, take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. You know the promo code, BlueWire, betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word, BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Uh, we got another one here. Indeed. So even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. It's actually what I use coming out of college to apply to places. So under, unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. So with 73% of online job seekers visiting online each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it in fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Ooh. All right. I want to start with this question. This is actually one from a premium pod we didn't get to last time. So I want to throw it on the regular pod from Bobby Peru. The last mailbag had a question about getting rid of the corner three. There's something that's discussed in the book Sprawl Ball by Kirk Goldsberry. He bemoans that the league is too much three-point shooting 
especially the corner three. It isn't dynamic like it once was. I agree at this point, by the way. Yeah. Um, he had some suggestions. I'm curious to see what you all think. Getting rid of the corner three, pulling the three-point line back, that doesn't work unless you get rid of the corner three. Narrowing the key to pre-Wilt days, which would make big men more valuable than they are today, or making the corner three a place you cannot spend more than three seconds. I think that's it. But if someone has read the book, uh, they can correct me. So I think the crux of this question is we just saw a Laker team make more threes in the finals than the Warriors did the previous year. Um, Some of that I think is the bubble, but to me, a lot of it's the officiating. And I think it gets to a point like, is the league too three point heavy? And how do you kind of adjust the rules of basketball to make it more in balance? So we answered some of this pieces of this questions on premium. So you can get your answers on that. By the way, for those that don't subscribe, Stan had a, an amazing rant for like 15 minutes on Draymond Green. Um, <laughs> round of applause uh, for that performance. It was incredible. Subscribe to that. You got Discord chat and all that fun stuff. But um, I, I assume the, the three-second rule that he's, that he's talking about is, is similar to kind of like you can't – it's like a defensive three, right? You're, you're basically making that rule. So it kind of opens up the floor a little bit more. It just makes the game a little better, right? Because with the defensive three that they put in, like you can't cap there anymore. There's more scoring. It makes the NBA more fun. From that perspective, Sam, I think it's I think it's the right idea. There is too much there is too much PJ Tucker standing in the corner and the game is not really fun. Um and there's you know, I'm watching Alex yeah. Russo stand there and he's making threes. I think you should reward a three pointer that Steph is hitting, you know, running around three three screens or or even like Duncan Robinson, right? Like I'm those are kind of real three-pointers. Those are three-pointers from real three-point shooters. Those should count more, at least from a perspective of it should be harder to shoot. It should be harder to make. And Alex Caruso standing there for 10 seconds while AD and, and Braun run a pick and roll, pound, 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 and then you shoot a three and it's the same thing. Yeah, it is kind of a cheat code. I don't know what you do, though. I don't have a Harvard degree like, like Kurt Goldsberry, but I agree with the premise uh, where – they do have to change something there. So maybe so make a four point line. I'm not a four point line guy. I do get the logic, but like, I do agree with you. If you make three pointers difficult, more difficult, it makes good shooters more valuable. Like Steph's percentage may go down if you make three pointers harder to take, but his will go down less than James Harden, you know? It'll go down less than guys who don't shoot at the same clip as him. And the end of the day, if you make it harder to take threes, the better shooters will be more valuable. And to me, it's more about the um, landing space rules and the defensive rules. Like, you have to be able to get up on guys a little more. You can't – too many NBA players are – they get way too much freedom. Like, Kyle Kuzma is not a particularly good shooter. But he can hit shots if he has open looks. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be able to close out on guys a little harder. Whereas, like we know, like Clay Thompson, it doesn't matter how hard he close on him. He can hit the shot. So it's about kind of giving the defense a little more leeway. When the, when the NBA is at its best, in my opinion, it, you know, the defense has more leeway than the offense. And 
that's kind of what we're going toward. Like scores should be around a hundred. They shouldn't be around one thirty. the same way. They shouldn't be around like 75, 80 when they're around 75, 80, that means the rules have skewed too far in the defense's favor. So it's, it's, I feel like it's gone too far in the offense's favor these days. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just a thing of offenses ahead of defense and defenses will figure stuff out. But like, you have to be able to do stuff to just, because there's too many teams in the league, like Milwaukee, Dallas, Houston, um, whose entire game plan is, well, they can't close us hard. So if we just take 60 of these, we're going to win. Now, the flip side, those guys also also aren't winning in the postseason for a reason. Right. right. And you can say that's part of the reason, too. I do like in what you said. I like that point because the NFL, you look at the NFL, there's only, what, three great defensive teams this season? You know, right. the Steelers, the, the Bucks, the Ravens, like maybe, like the yeah, those three maybe, and everyone else is like, if you keep these guys under twenty four points, you you can probably win, right? Even the Niners are like, you know, they're putting out a pretty decent defense. I think like if they get guys healthy, so I that just might be how sports is nowadays, though, Sam. You know, it, it just right. might be the Atlanta Hawks are just going to average one twenty. You know, baseball you got juice baseballs, and if you got a decent enough defense, and then I think teams just got to learn the lesson. Like, look, man, Houston, you're not going to win like that, and they haven't. They've never won like that. Like, do you think like Dallas? They can keep this up and win, you know, get to the conference finals. Like some guys have Dallas over the Warriors. I think you get them in the postseason series. I don't think the Warriors are going to have a problem with Dallas. And so, yeah, maybe you change the rules. It is a regular season thing. Um, but I think come postseason, teams that don't rely on that solely are do have a better chance of winning. Uh, but then you got the Miami Heat who just – you know, they didn't have any type of offense, so maybe they should have ran that more, right? Like, those guys were, were passing the ball to each other like 18 times in the same possession, and then with the clock running out, like, that, that thing looked pathetic by the time that the NBA Finals were over. So uh, maybe, maybe it corrects itself, but, yeah, you're right. I don't need 130-130 in the regular season. Because um, you want it to look kind of difficult, right? Like, you don't want exactly. John Collins averaging 30 points. Like, nobody wants to watch that. I, I, yeah, so. It, you don't want to look like an all-star game. Like you, you see highlights posted of like, you know, Luca and Trey just joking around an All Star game, and like it's fine for an All Star game, but like you don't want that to be the status quo, I guess. So, yeah. all right, next question from Casunglo uh, sixteen: What is the best case and worst case draft day scenario for you guys? Yeah, I like this one. Um, maybe I'll take. Worst case, you take you take best case. But you take both. Well, we'll I gotta okay. come up with my both mine. But yeah. Okay. Worst case to me is that. Worst case to me is that they package this pick and trade it for a short-term winning player that doesn't really make sense for the team. Um, I I think if they package this pick and and somehow end up with someone like even, you know, I think Josh Richardson is a great player. Like he's a fun player. He's a good fit on the team. But I don't – he would have helped them. I, I just – I don't know if that's like – like you package this pick and like – I don't know if that's like I would be ecstatic about that. Maybe that's not worst case scenario. But I don't think that puts them over the hump. So best case scenario for me would probably be what I, what, what I said earlier. Move this thing back a couple times. Get as many picks as possible. Mitchell Robbins has, has popped up a few times as a player that you may be able to get. Um, I know Kelly Oubre, although he's been talked about as a TPE guy. I think just accumulating value probably would be the best case scenario because that would tell me, Sam, that they think they have a shot at Giannis. Yeah. I don't think it's taking a player. That might just be like kind of like the most boring thing that you can do. 
Yeah, so I'm with you. Like, worst case would be a short-sighted win-now move, which hurts their long-term future. Um, they don't. They they can't be thinking too long-term. Like, Lamelo might be the best player in four years, but in four years, Steph's 36. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but worst case, or but best case might be. Um, the best case would be swinging this pick plus the Wolves pick for like a real impact guy. I just don't think that's going to happen in the short term. Yeah. So, no. All right. Um, we got some good ones. All right. From, uh, at ours the first haven't heard much noise about the warriors with, uh, Denny Adzia or Killian Hayes. How do you think the front office views those players value? Ooh. All right. So I'm going to, st- Start with Denny Avdia. I think they view him as somewhat of so they won't take him at two. Although we've seen that smokescreen because you know what, what haven't we seen? Um, probably lower ceiling guy, lower ceiling guy, high floor. Like I think to me, he's probably like the complete opposite of like taking a Patrick Williams, who maybe has sure. a low floor but probably has a high ceiling. I think Steve Kerr probably likes him. As kind of a short-term fit, I think he could probably convince us into saying he could play 18 minutes a game in his first season, just as a cutter, score, somewhat of a defender, a little bit of a playmaker on, off the bench. Um, so I think that's how they view him, maybe in the 5 to 15. Who do, you, who do you think they prefer more, Denny or Killian Hayes? I think they prefer Denny. Yeah. I, I, I think they too. prefer Denny. Yeah. I, I, th- I just think... Uh, Nobody knows anything about Killian Hayes, but it doesn't seem like he's except a guy. For, except for friend of the show, Ethan Strauss. <laughs> except for Strauss, who thinks he can be, you know, like a like a Harden, uh, James Harden light. Yeah, right. Which which I have a tough time believing. Just I'm just looking at him. Like I don't like I don't know. He looks like a scrawny. You know, some guys have said campaign, which I think is funny, and I haven't seen enough of Killian Hayes to know that. But I just think, unless you're an incredible scorer, a guy guy like that, look at Kemba Walker, who's a sh- a small guy. Really good score, but come the postseason, Sam, were you impressed by him in the postseason? I don't know, and, and I I don't know if that's the guy that you would take that high. I think they would just rather go with the wing playmaker, high high floor type of guy. So I, I think they'd rather go. So, Denny so I will say, Killian's six five, maybe six four. Like he's a big point guard. He hasn't filled out his body. Um, I I, I don't see him as a warrior kind of guy because he's got kind of a D'Lo Harden likes the ball in his hands approach and Warriors aren't about that. And you know what? That might bite them in the ass because if he ends up being James Harden and they passed on him to take a system fit, like, you know, yeah, yeah. we're it's going to look really dumb when he's leading a team to the playoffs every year. And they're, you know, not they're the, the Spurs with DeRozan not doing anything of value. Right. Like that's, that's the fear. Right. But I think Denny, is a player that the Warriors would like. I think it's a question of his upside and value at pick number for him. Because when I see Denny, I see a guy who, from everything I've seen, he's got legit size. Like he's six nine. Yeah. He is not. He's not a. He's not a six eight wing who you get out there and you're like, oh, you're like six five. You know, <laughs> like he's got like good size. He's got a shooting stroke. He's got the IQ. Um, yep. He often gets compared to Danilo Gallinari, and that might be you know, white guy thing, but, uh, but like, you know, Gallinari, 
I would be surprised if there's four players in this draft who are better than Danilo Gallinari is all I'm saying. Like that's, it's an, it's not a sexy pick, but like end of the day, that's a 20 point per game high IQ winning player. And usually you don't get too many more of those every year. And like people also kind of look down on Gallinari because, um, he probably should have been better than he was, but injuries caught up to him a little bit. Like he's, he's, he's a lot of hype. Yeah. He, he's just one of those guys who's like, he became good. He didn't become great, but you thought he might've been great when he was younger. Anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I liken him to, to oh, white guy. God, I hate to do this. Like I think Chandler Parsons is a guy. I think he even, sure. like, he, he Parsons, even like, by the way, very good player before his knee fell apart in four different terrible. ways. Terrible. Just terrible. But like Parsons couldn't make free throws. Denny, for some reason, can't make free throws, but Parsons smart player. Right, he makes some threes. Looks like Denny can make some threes. Right, D- decent defensively. I think Parsons is solid defensively. Like, you know, Hayward is probably the top end. Another white guy. Another top end of like where Hayward's like <laughs> Exclus- an all star. Right? Exclusively white guy comps. I'm trying no to think no of someone that's not no white. No one's going to compare Denny and Zia to Rudy Gay, <laughs> even though that might be the other outcome that's like most realistic. Damn, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Although, like, although, like, veteran Rudy Gay, right? Like, like Rudy Gay coming out was extremely athletic. Which, yeah, yeah, exactly. Could, although Parsons is kind of athletic, actually. Um, I, I was gonna say, Sam Chase Buttinger, would that be the, would that be the floor? <laughs> <laughs> Worst case scenario, I really Dude, like Chase Denny. could throw it down back in the day. Volleyball guy. Um, I I really liked Denny coming in just because I I do feel like you know if you're gonna pick a playmaker, you want the bigger guy. Um, I don't know if he's Gallo. Gallo's really good offensively too, right? Like so. Yeah, Gallo's also thirty-one. So yeah, so. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking more young Gallo, but like even that, um, I don't know. That's the kind of the range we're talking about. Obviously, European players are always going to compare to European players because you see them playing those type of ball movement systems, which a you know, guys coming out of college just don't play in systems with like the point forward running the break the same way they do. In Europe, which those are my favorite type of players too. Also, right? that's like just those- an NBA thing. So, if anything, I would argue that you can sometimes find undervalued college players like a Draymond Green, perhaps, who, you know, I, I don't remember him at Michigan State running the break the way he did with the Warriors. No. And that's because Michigan State wanted to pound 40-second possessions in college, you yeah. know? Yeah. He, he so, could pass in college, but yeah, that pace was yeah. different. Like, you knew he was a smart player, but, like, I didn't know he – if people knew he could just lead the fast break like that, he would have gone 20 picks higher immediately. I, I mean, I do love smart players. Like, I, I am similar to, like, I get Steve Kerr's thing. I bet you Steve Kerr really likes Denny. And, and you watch, like – and you watch Anthony Edwards, or, or you look at Anthony Edwards, and you don't feel like he's the smartest player, right? This, that's someone that you're there's probably the, There's development him. to be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and LaMelo, which I think he's a smart player. I just think he might just – I don't know. He I think he's a skilled. Yeah. I think he's a skilled player. Is the bigger thing. When I look at Lamelo, I see a guy who just has a unreal ball handling feel. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't Amazing. mean that doesn't mean he knows how to play with other guys if the ball's not in his hands. Well, I do like but, Lonzo, but yeah, yeah. Um, he's. I don't know that he's like Lonzo, but um, let's no, no, no. Next. But I'm saying, but I'm saying it would be nice if he had that that team yeah. to play like. All right, from the Lake guy. Is it realistic for the Warriors? Is it is it realistic that Warriors will not use 17 mil in the mid-level because they will owe around 300 mil next year if they do? If that 
If that is the case, you can certainly expect them to trade down. Income from Chase will not be there next year. So he's basically asking, should we expect them to use the full TP and mid-level next year? You know, two seasons ago, I don't know if the Warriors would have used a mid-level exception if it wasn't DeMarcus Cousins that said he was coming. You know, like I, they were, they were going to spend a lot of money that season on, on, on the luxury tax bill. And I, I think that Joe Lacob was down to spend it only if it was a player that was worth it. And obviously they felt DeMarcus was. I think it's the same thing this time around. Maybe a little bit worse just because obviously they're making no money. But yeah, I mean, are, are you going to spend, you know, 12 million for Josh Richardson? Yeah, pro- probably. I think they do that. But are they going to spend the entire traded player exception on, on Aaron Gordon? If on they have Ke- to make Kelly Oubre? Stuff? Yeah. Or Kelly Oubre? No, that's a better example. Kelly Oubre. Like, you think they're just going to take Kelly Oubre in for the TPE, which, you know, the Suns will probably do it. But you think the Warriors would? I don't, I don't think so. So maybe those are your two kind of like points, right? One they for sure do and one they wouldn't. Yeah, and it should be noted, to if the Warriors aren't willing to spend the TPE, I would assume other teams are not willing to spend, and the players that you think might cost five, six million might only cost two to three. So there might be some opportunity costs there. I mean, it's interesting. Like The biggest thing for me, which makes this entire offseason hard to read, is we hear the Warriors complaining about revenue, and we kind of roll our eyes because we know what Chase can make. But if the Warriors are hurting, imagine how Utah's feeling. Imagine how Denver's feeling. Imagine how OKC's feeling. And Houston. those teams those teams don't have Goldman Sachs trying to float them loans. You know? I, I will say this. There is a problem here where who are the Warriors trying to go through next season? Trying to go through the Lakers. You think the Lakers are going to be skimping on money? Well, that's a good point. I, I don't I don't know, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. So if you, you know, I, I think they're they're going to be better than Utah. I think they're going to be better than Denver. I think they're going to be better than some of these teams, Houston. But you know, if you're or trying at to least go more spend, Lakers, willing to spend more for sure, right, right. But if you're you're not going to outspend the Lakers in terms of getting the players, then what what was the matter? What's the matter, right? Exactly. So, um, so we got another question from Nadim. I'm going to paraphrase this one. Okay. Uh, he lists a bunch of players who are not Steph, Clay, Draymond, or Wiggins hashtag core four. Um, and so it's like Looney, Marquise, Chris, Mike Mulder, Jordan Poole, Eric Pascal, Alan Smilagich, Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson, Kai Bowman. Which of these players do you think have spent the most time working on their game and who will improve? Basically, if you were to rank these players, who do you think has the most chance to make an impact next year? Um, I'm going to take some guys out. I'm going to take Looney out just because I think his is just predicated on, on health. I don't know how much right. he can improve just because of who he is. If he's healthy, he's the guy. He can add a three-point shot, but yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. To me, the top after that would be uh, – it'd be Pascal, Poole, and Chris uh, would be okay. the top three for me. The rest of the guys to me, like I don't even know if they're going to be on the damn team. Um, I, I didn't see Damian Lee. Oh, no, he is on there. So I, I think he'd be – I mean, Damian Lee is kind of old, so I think he is who he is. But to me, number one's Pascal. Can, can he make a three? Can he shoot a three without falling down? Like Saudi always does. Jordan Poole, can he make a three? Can he make a three <laughs> at all? Uh, and then with Marquise Chris, it's, it's can he stay on the floor? Can, can he be fine on defense? So I think those are the top three guys because they are going to get minutes. 
Like as much as you say, maybe, or someone would say, maybe Jordan Poole is a back of the bench guy, dude, they're going to need him to play like 15, 10, 15 minutes. Right. So right. And, and Pascal, they're almost relying on Pascal at this point, unless you tell me they're getting, you know, Ubre and, and they Jay are, Rich, they are. I, I do feel like they feel like Pascal's slotted into the second unit. Like, yep. Like Jordan Poole has to earn the second unit minutes, but Eric Pascal's a lock in the second unit at this point. I think that's okay too. I think he'd be fun. I, I yeah. think he he showed he showed way he showed way more than enough last season as in a, in his rookie year. Take out the second round stuff, like no qualifier. Just as a rookie, he was good enough to play. He's going to be good enough to play on this team. But if he's going to be the same player as he was last season, then it might be a problem. But it also seems like Pascal is kind of someone like Draymond, like Clay, like Steph, where he's where he's only going to get better. It's like the Obi Toppin stuff where we had Vecini on a couple like a month ago, where they're like. Right. Yeah, like Obi Toppin's old, so he doesn't. But it's like Obi Toppin's got better every damn season, and it's not like he's thirty years old. Um, so you know, maybe you know, I'm not saying Pascal's Obi Toppin, but I think there's enough upside left there. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. That would be my order too. I don't know anyone beyond that to me. Like I like Kai Bowman. I think Kai Bowman has a chance to be an NBA player. I think Juan Toscano can definitely defend at an NBA level. I'm not sure if a shot ever comes. Like yeah. If Juan Toscano Anderson can hit open threes, he's an NBA player. He's Daniel House, right? But I haven't seen anything that makes me see that he can, right? So yeah. um, with everything you're saying, like to me, the most important are Pascal and Poole. Pascal has to develop the shot. Both of them have to just become better shooters, and I think they can stay on the floor. Yep. Um, moving to the next one. Given it impacts the Warriors' next draft, what player do you think Minnesota will target with number one? Could they consider Gobert? This is an interesting question for me because Minnesota is also going to look to trade down. So, um, obviously, by trading their 2021 pick, which the Warriors own, they are saying, we're not tanking next season. And they need to get better immediately. So, what do you think Minnesota does? Man, I so you know the Minnesota. No, I shouldn't say you know, but you know a lot about the way that the Minnesota front office thinks, right? right? It's 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 what's his name, Gershon. It's more. It's Maury. Yeah, exactly. He's he's Maury's protege. So I and then there's also a back and forth where I think like they also want to appease Cat. Where that's why they got D'Lo. I don't know if they would have gotten D'Lo without if not. They're kind of doing that to say, "Look, Cat, we want you to stay. Like, we don't want you to request a trade. Please get my best friend, kind of guy, uh, right?" Um, Gobert is a funny name, which I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's not the, that's not the perfect fit, but yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're Utah and they offer you the number one pick for Gobert, it's hard to say no, right? Right. So I. The the problem with the Warriors at two is because whatever offer that the Warriors try to get people to take, people can just send that same one in Minnesota. Like right. That's the problem here because, you know, if you can send Golden State and Minnesota the same offer and they take it, then why don't you just send it to Minnesota so you can for sure take Lamelo or for sure take Anthony or or Wiseman? So yeah, I mean that that's probably a problem. I, would you also say? Would you do you believe that? that front office is probably a little bit better at, at kind of value accumulation and, and that type of stuff, risk analysis than the Warriors front office. I would say probably yes. Right. It, it, to me, here's the thing, Sam, to me, I do feel like the Warriors could have gotten more out of D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota. Uh, it sounded like, and it was written in articles 
that that trade was dead in the water multiple times. And Bob Myers was the one that called back and offered that. And anytime you're in sales, you're in sales, I'm in sales. Anytime you're the one that's picking up the phone and you're calling the guy, then you're probably the guy. You're coming from a position of weakness. Yep. Yep. And you can read between the lines. If Bob has to call and be like, let's get this done. Yep. It's coming from above. It's not a, uh, yeah. Because it, it, you know, all things considered, Bob knows that offer still there at the draft. He doesn't need to make that deal. Yeah. So. And Minnesota, like they were begging for D'Lo. Like everybody knew, everybody in the world knew. And it did feel like to me that they could have gotten multiple first round picks. That's how it felt to me. Um, or even like an unprotected first. Can you imagine the Minnesota? Now we're doing hypotheticals. Right. Can you imagine the Minnesota first being unprotected? My God, I think they'd already have Giannis. Um, but they are in a weird situation. I And the other thing is, Maybe Minnesota's shooting out smoke screens as well. It does seem like they do like Lamelo. That it does seem like it does seem like they're another team that likes them. Although that fit doesn't make sense, but you know, yeah. Different. Um, should we keep going or should we call it a day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's do some like rapid fire ones. I I got a few. I'm just gonna go through them really quickly. Go for it. Um, just just because these guys have been sending them in. Um, so. There, there's a quick one. D Rose from SNE Goosey 64. Uh, D Rose and Christian Wood for the 2020 pick in Looney. Yes or no? No. <laughs> uh, we're not, Warriors, we're not trend Looney. <laughs> um, I think you just don't do that regardless, right? It just that doesn't really make sense. Um, the value, like, like we said, in terms of worst case scenario, you got to get value out, value out of that second pick regardless. Warriors, Warriors Adam O. Rank the realistic trade targets by tiers on who the Warriors can trade the second pick for. Um, I think we've talked about that a little bit. After watching that atrocious video on Vassell, stay away. Uh, we talked about that on premium. I think it's too short. Just sit on it a little bit. It's, yeah, unless you like can, unless you can prove to me this is his new shot, I'm not reading anything into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a trade here from Ricky G. I don't think it's actually Ricky G. 157. That's uh, trading Wiggins or getting Giannis. Look, any trade that you're getting Giannis is a win. Um, yes. I, I, yeah. <laughs> any trade, any, anyone. So Danny Bird, 33. Another one here. Do you see any potential? I think this one's interesting. A little deep. Do you see any potential for Steph and Pascal pick and roll? He has a great bill for setting screens, and he's pretty athletic around the rim. So, Sam, I talked. you were talking about Draymond Green on the, on the premium pod a lot. Um, if it's not Draymond running that screen pick and roll, Steph and Pascal, what do you think? That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I, actually, I'd like, I mean, everything with Pascal comes down to the shot for me because he's he's not the passer. He's a good passer. He's not Draymond, though. Draymond's a, you know, top five IQ type of player, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And for Pascal, he's, he's a better scorer than Draymond was. Um, he's better at finishing through contact. But everything comes down to if he can hit a shot, then he can be just murderous in all the situations. So... I want to see if he can develop a shot. And then if he can develop a shot, there's so many things you can do with him. Put him in a pick and a roll, put him on the weak side, you know, attacking closeouts. You can, you can have him hanging out around the rim, do whatever you want. So you talk a lot about, uh, you, you know, most of the times you're looking at a score. You want a score to be that fifth guy, you know, whether it be somebody better than Andrew Bogan and Zaza Pachulia, right? Like, like whether it be Aaron Baines or Serge Ibaka, but if none of those guys pan out or if they're the guys that aren't finishing, Eric Pascal could be that fifth guy. Not much defense there, but he could be that guy that could be the score, 
right? He could be the guy that finishing yeah. at the rim, driving to the rim, like that. That may be that may be his role, and the Warriors may have found something there. Uh, because a lot of times, look, man, you might not get that fifth big that can score 10, 15 points. We've seen we've seen basketball score twenty, seen him score thirty. So I think that there's a shot at it for him uh, to do that. He's not doesn't have the IQ for Draymond that does the passing. But some of the times we watch and, and Draymond we, playing, we we're should like, Dude, finish. We should stop comparing him to Draymond because, like, yes, Draymond's the. I wouldn't want to recreate Draymond if I could, because you're talking about a player who's like an A plus in certain things, and then like a D minus in other things. Like, it's the weirdest combination I've ever seen, and it's just it's like it's just never going to be a repeatable formula. You know, perfect fit for Steph and Clay, but like you just don't find players like that. And like your goal shouldn't be to turn someone into an amazing IQ yes. passer who can't finish. Yes. That, and then stop comparing Wiggins and Harry B right. In terms right, of right. Like who they are <laughs> as a player. That's another one. No, but like, that's another one where, where people love those comps and it's like, well, that's not, you got it. There are different that's ways to game. win basketball games. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's different ways to win. Um, the other one is we talked about this one. It's like, if you're drafting Devin Vassell, stop comparing him to, to, to Andre Gondala. Like he's not, like he has his own strengths. Maybe it's not even shooting anymore. Maybe he doesn't even have strengths. But you if know, but, shoot, but you know, then, like yeah, don't draft him. Right. What's, yeah. what's it? Then he's Juan Toscano Anderson. But like, you know, you 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 pick these new guys up that you, you're going to put around Steph and, and Clay and and Draymond. And if you're always going to pigeonhole them into guys that the Warriors have succeeded with, it's probably it's just look, man. Everyone's different. It's not going to be the same. Forever giant. There you go. All right. And with that, <laughs> all right, man, that is all the questions. Um, all right. So there are a lot of Discord ones coming out. We'll do a premium for all of those. I see options there with 15 of them. But uh, we'll be back later this week. Yeah, we'll do that. And then, um, you know, draft content. We're going to get more aggressive. We'll get Fizzini. We'll get a few other draft people on here before um, the draft. And, you know, we'll go We'll go with that. It's, it's about to get exciting, man. Finally. All right, Tim. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.